Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We experience the world through this sensorium, which is all of the, all of the senses working together. They really, they really coordinate in the brain to try to like help us have the richest picture. And I think just as people meditate on death as a way to make themselves value life, I think confronting the possibility of losing my senses made me realize how much I wanted to appreciate my senses so much more than I did. I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between. Today's conversation I know will bring so much insight, knowledge, and practical tools that you can bring to your life now. And my guest is one who I'm sure many of you have already heard of, Gretchen Rubin. Gretchen is one of today's most influential and thought-provoking observers of happiness and human nature. She's known for her ability to convey complex ideas from science to literature to stories from her own life with levity and clarity. She's the author of many best-selling books, such as The Happiness Project, Better Than Before, The Four Tendencies, which have sold millions of copies in more than 30 languages, and her most recent book, Life in Five Senses. Welcome, Gretchen. I'm so happy to be talking to you today. Thanks for the conversation. I'm I'm so honored to have you here and so excited to talk about this book because one of the things I talk about in this podcast is how we can really live a more full, meaningful life. And you use the five senses to do that. Mm -hmm. Can you tell all of us what got you thinking about how we can tap into our five senses more and why you decided to write this book? Well, it was a very ordinary moment of my day. Um, I had a bad case of pink eye, so I went to the eye doctor. And as I was leaving, 
he said to me very offhandedly, kind of like wear your sunscreen or drink enough water. He said, be sure to come back for your checkup because as you know, you're more at risk for losing your vision. And I said, wait, what are you talking about? I don't know anything about that. And he said, oh yeah, you know, you're severely nearsighted. And that means that you're more at risk of getting a detached retina. And if that happens, uh, it could affect your vision. So we would want to catch it right away. And as it happens, I had I have a friend who had lost some of his vision to a detached retina. So that felt like a very real possibility to, to me. So I walked out into the street. I live in New York City, so I was getting ready to walk home. And I'm looking all around me and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, this cityscape, it's so precious to me. And of course, I know that I could have a rich, meaningful life, even if I lost some of my senses. But you know, so often we don't appreciate what we have until we lose it or we fear we might lose it. And just the thought of losing this, um, I, I was like, but I say it's so precious to me. And yet I didn't notice one thing on my way over here. So I realized I was so stuck in my head. I had not noticed one detail around me on my walk over to the eye doctor. And so as I was walking home and realizing this, it was all of a sudden as if every knob in my brain got jammed to the maximum and I could see every detail. I could hear every sound on a separate track. I could smell every smell in very smelly New York City um, with such clarity. It was it was transcendent, um, almost psychedelic. And you know, as you said, I've been studying happiness for a long time. And this walk home showed me that there, I knew that there was something that I was missing. I knew there was a piece that I, I was, I was overlooking. And this walk showed me that it was really this connection to the world and to other people and to myself through the five senses was the thing that I had been missing. And um, I just decided I had to go deep into the five senses. So it's not, you know, you and I were talking before we started about this notion of death um, and kind of the notion of facing your death as a way to really bring life into more vibrancy. And it's almost like a similar thing that happened with you. It was that kind of fear of losing that. And I remember this actually happened, something similar I didn't have pink eye, but I, something scratched both my eyes. Mm. And I remember the experience of trying to get to the eye doctor and feeling like I could barely see while I was driving and how scary that was. And it really does bring into focus, no pun intended, mm -hmm. the preciousness of the things that we often take for granted for those of us who have all of our senses in that way. No, exactly. And I think just as people meditate on death as a way to make themselves value life, um, I think confronting the possibility of losing my senses made me realize how much I wanted to appreciate my senses so much more than I did. So what did this look like for you? You used the Metropolitan Museum of Art as like an anchor mm -hmm. for the war. Yes. How, and, and it was interesting because even though the book is, is divided into the five senses, you didn't separate each sense as I'm just going to focus solely on hearing this week, right? It was, it was more holistic in how you addressed each of these senses. Yeah. And I think that that's very true to our experience of our senses. Like we can focus on one, but really every sense is so influenced by every other sense. Like even when we're focusing on how something tastes, we're very influenced by the way it feels in our mouth, the way, like, is there a crunch or a, or a, or a slurp? Um, of course, you know, we, to have flavor, we have to have smell and taste. So those two work together. Um, 
So, so yeah, I, I mean, I would focus on each one and try to bring that into the foreground, but you're absolutely right. The sense is really, uh, they, we experience the world through the sensorium, which is all of the, all of the senses working together. They really, they really coordinate in the brain to try to like help us have the richest picture. And they are very good at sort of stepping forward or stepping back um, as needed. And you, is that what you mean when you talk about we live in a brew of our own sensations? That's one thing. I mean, that was something that intellectually I knew going to the book, but was really astonishing to me, which was that you and I are just not in the same universe. I mean, part of it's genetics, part of it is experiences, um, part of it is uh, preferences associations, all these things uh, make the world. And so, you know, to take a, a kind of a silly example, what, do you remember the dress from 2015 when everybody was arguing about whether the dress was white and gold or blue yes. and black? Okay. Well, what did you see? White and gold or blue and black? Yes. Which one did you see? White and gold. So did I, but, but in fact, blue and black is the correct color. Um, also like, uh, I can't smell my home the way you smell it. If Amy, if you came over to my house, you would smell it. But to me, it's so familiar that I cannot smell it. Yeah. And today I walked into the, to a house earlier. It was a brand new construction. And I walked in and I said, oh, my God, it smells like such new construction, new paint, everything. And I said to the woman, do you smell it? Because yeah. I had just read the book and I was curious. And she was like, no, not at all. See? And I was like, oh, my God, how could I smell something so profound? Like it's still in my yes. nose and it's been four hours. Right. And she didn't smell it at right, all. Because the because our nose is like, it's a difference detector. So it only tells you sort of what's new. Um, and that's why, that's another reason why if you keep sniffing and sniffing, it's, even if you really want to keep enjoying the apple blossoms or the chocolate chip cookie, it just fades out. And then another thing that comes up, I mean, and you're a podcaster, so you know, like I live in New York City, so sirens go by all the time. And I just don't hear them. People will say, hey, you need to stop until that siren's gone. And I'm like, but I didn't even hear it because my brain, it just, it just brings that stuff to the, to the background. In fact, mm -hmm. but here's an interesting thing about how we all live in our own sensations. Um, after, after I'd already handed in the book, I, I was, I was so interested in the idea about the foreground senses and the background senses that I came up with a quiz. So there's a quiz that people can take. It's at GretchenRubin.com slash quiz. It's short and free. Um, and it will tell you your most neglected sense. Um, and so, because most of us have senses that we, we love and we appreciate and we like to learn about and we like adventures and we use it for, for pleasure and comfort. But then we have some, some senses where we're not paying that much attention. We don't use it for comfort or pleasure or to engage with other people. We might be more focused on the negative of that sense than on the positive of that sense. Mm. Um, and so that's the low hanging fruit of where we can, you know, look to, to bring that neglected sense more into our lives. Um, but if you're, my neglected sense is taste, but for many people, that's their most appreciated sense. So they live in a very different world for me because they're picking up on all kinds of things that really just um, don't catch my attention. And so by dialing into my sense of taste, I really, I brought a lot more things into my, um, into my world. Well, and it makes you think about too, how your sense, perhaps your um, foreground sense or the sense you, you use the most, how that I'd be curious defines what you do. So I'm a psychologist. A lot of what I do is listen. Right. Well, one of the things that I found, and I don't know, um, 
I don't have the big data that would show me this, but anecdotally, I will say that sometimes people will really, really use a sense in their work, but then they don't, but then it can still be a neglected sense because they don't turn to it for comfort or pleasure. They don't seek out new experiences. So for instance, I was talking to somebody who's like a Hollywood person who Mm. says, all day long I'm seeing, I'm looking at film, I'm editing, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm evaluating. And then when I get home, I just want to close my eyes and listen to music. And so she wasn't that she didn't use her sight, Mm. but it was like, it was neglected because it wasn't something that she was using for pleasure. And then she started thinking, well, maybe, maybe I should start walking in the park on the weekends because I could enjoy looking at nature because that's so different from the kind of work that I do for work. So again, maybe you for hearing, since if you're constantly listening and editing, you might almost get tired of it and want to do tap into a different sense. But then maybe there's ways to reclaim the pleasures of hearing, um, even if you've sort of exhausted some aspect of it. I'm using this with my husband and kids. Ah, how so? When they say, you're not listening Uh, to me, you're not hearing me. I'm going to say, it's because I listen all day. Right. And according to Gretchen Rubin, part of the reason is because I'm just tired of listening. Yes. Well, silence is a sound, so. Right, right. That's exact. I mean, that's, we talk about that a lot in therapy as well. Um, That's really interesting, though, to think about then how we can shift the use of the senses that we're used to using to really help enliven that sense in another way. Right. And that's why it's low hanging fruit, because this is something that you're probably not already tapping into, because with an appreciated sense, like my one of my most appreciated senses is smell. So I'm constantly smelling things. I love reading about, you know, perfume, the history of a perfume. I talk about smell with people. I'm very I'm very aware of it. I use it for pleasure and comfort and novelty and adventure. Um and so, but with my neglected sense, then there was more, there was more opportunity. And so I think that's, you know, it's not that the, what we do with the appreciated sense isn't valuable. It is valuable. It's just that you're probably already doing it. Um, but then there's a way to bring more into your life by looking at the neglected sense. So I'm just curious from like a methodology standpoint, how did you decide what the activities you were going to do were going to be to enliven that sense or to attend more to the senses in which you were kind of really working on at that time for the book? Well, you know, I had, I really cast a very wide net. I did everything like from the very silly things. Like I'd always wondered about what Victorian smelling salts were like. So I was like, turns out you can buy smelling salts. They're called ammonia inhalants these days. But uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to buy that and just smell them because I've always wanted to. So I did, (laughs) I do do that. And then I did more sort of profound or transcendent things. Like, as you mentioned, I went to the Metropolitan Museum every day. I started doing it every day for a year, but I still go every day because I love it so much. Um, And then, but one of the things that I really wanted to do was to use my senses as a way to engage more deeply with other people. Because really, if you're talking about how to have a happier life, engaging with other people Mm. um, is one of the most important things. And so I did a lot of things that made me closer to the people in my life, members of my family, my friends. Um, One of the things that surprised me is one way to draw closer to other people is through kind of evoking memories. And of course, the senses are are so well known as for their abilities to um, help evoke memories. 
And so like I did a taste timeline where I like wrote a, a, like a, a timeline of all the main tastes of my life. And then I called my sister and we, we reminisced about it because of course the tastes of my childhood are the tastes of her childhood. And we had so much fun, like just laughing about the stuff we would try to, you know, nag our grandparents into buying us. And like, you know, she used to put, she like would, she lit the toaster on fire a couple of times because she would melt butter onto saltines. I mean, all these things that we remembered, but we forgot we remembered. It was a way to evoke memories, but then also to use those memories to draw closer to someone who was important to me. I hope you're enjoying the podcast and video so far. Please consider supporting Life, Death, and the Space Between on my Patreon page at Dr. Amy Robbins. You can donate any amount you feel comfortable with. Also, we are actively looking for sponsors. So if you or someone you know is interested in sponsoring the show, please reach out at DrAmyRobbins.com. I truly appreciate any support you can give. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, I was, I, I actually have a question about that. Did you feel like there was one sense, I remembered you talking about taste as a way to evoke memories and I resonated with the golden mm. grams. Like when I read that, I thought, oh, I remember those golden grams soaking yes. in the milk and like the, and the sweetness texture, of it all right? oh, when you would yeah. taste it. Yeah. And like the crunch, but, and then I started thinking, do they even sell golden grams anymore? I haven't seen those in, in a store in a while, um, but probably because I'm not looking for it and paying attention. But did you feel, did you feel like there was, is a sense that, that is more um, tapped into your memories in that way? Or do you feel like it differs for every person? I think it probably differs for everyone. Like if you read about the census, people often talk about the sense of smell as having a special power. I have to say, like, I love the sense of smell and I think it is very powerful in evoking memories, but is it is it more powerful than sight? Is it more powerful than hearing? Like listening to music from different eras of your life? It like is it more is it more powerful than taste? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think so. Um, so I th- and so I think it's probably very much depends on a person and um, and probably you know um, how strong their their memories are from those times. I mean, like a family that's very focused on food probably would have a lot more food related things that you would remember whereas a family that's not that interested in food you know there just might not be that much to feed on from your childhood but but then maybe at a different time of your life um, something else would become much more important so you had said in the book sharpening my sight sharpened what i loved the most what did you mean by that and did it just relate to you 
Yeah, again, like I, I think that what I talk about is really, it's just meant to get people excited about what they would do in their own lives. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. There's no, nothing that you have to do. Um, and what's really excited me since the book has come out is that people will say, oh, you did a five senses portrait this way, but I did a five senses portrait that way. Or they'll they'll mm. say, well, you did a taste timeline, but I did a song timeline, you know, because there's it's it's really the idea of. Right. And that's the sort of the, the astonishing thing um, about the five senses is that it's sort of the Swiss army knife, um, which I didn't realize when I started on this project. No matter what you're trying to achieve, sort of in the larger aim of being happier, you can use the five senses to, to help you. And the thing is, we all know the five senses. So it's pretty easy for just the average person to come up with a lot of concrete ideas that sound fun and manageable. So like, let's say you want to calm down. You need more serenity. You can use the five senses for that. Let's say on the other hand, you need to pump up and get energized. You can use the five senses for that. Let's say you want to evoke the past. You can use the five senses for that. Let's say you want to appreciate the present. You can use mm -hmm. the five senses for that. Let's say you want to spark creativity. Five senses. Or if you want to just sit down and get boring stuff done efficiently, there's ways to use the five senses for that. So it's really this all-purpose tool. Um, so, and so people can take it in any direction and they can use it however feels right for them. I just want to try to give people ideas to get them started. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm like, huh, I could do a mixtape. Yeah. Like a mixtape that dates me. But right now we would call it a Spotify playlist. Yeah. Um, but but those things that bring you back and it really does get you thinking about all the things in your life and all the different ways you could tap into these different senses to experience, remember, get in touch with, feel yeah. more deeply anything. But, and it's so fun because, you know, I have a podcast, The Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. And so we, I hear from listeners all the time about what they've done. And for instance, one person, I thought this was such a fun idea. She had a special perfume uh, for her wedding. So she wore it like for her showers, for her rehearsal dinner, for the wedding ceremony and on her honeymoon. And then she never wears her perfume, that perfume, except every year on her anniversary. And I thought, well, what a playful, mm. interesting way to use the sense of smell to evoke time and memory. Um, it's very simple. Um, you kind of have to think about it, you know, beforehand. Uh, you can't go back and do that one. But it's, but you could think of it as, a, as you know, in a lot of different ways. Um, so, yeah. So one of the things that's really fun is to hear how, how other people have played with these ideas in their own lives. Do you have a sense that you felt like enhanced your life more than others when you really tapped into it? I mean, you said your sense of smell was always the more pronounced sense, but was there another one where you were like, wow, this has really made such a difference for me? Well, one of the things, probably hearing, because I worked a lot on listening, on my listening skills, and I don't need to tell you how important it is to listen and how challenging it is to listen. I had to do like a whole listening manifesto to help myself listen better. So that was super important because it helped me engage with other people, which again, is like the most important thing. But I will also mm. say like one of the things you think, how do you not know this about yourself? But this is how stuck in my head I was. I actually am very, very attuned to touch. But I didn't even know that about myself until I started working on the book. And then once I started paying attention, I realized like I'm actually very sensitive to touch. I really care a lot about touch. And I was able to, because once I was consciously aware of it, I was much more able to make a, a lot of things in my life far more pleasant and to, and to eliminate things that were actually kind of 
very kind of subtly nagging me, irritating me, draining me because I just wasn't paying enough attention. Um, and so I think that was one place where that's how out of touch I was. I like literally did not know my own preferences. Um, so both of those were very significant, made very, very different, big differences. Even the words you're using, we're, we're both using, right? Out of touch, like all these metaphors, these euphemisms that we use to describe yep. metaphors. Thank you. To describe, um, our sensory experience. Yes. Oh, they're all, they're all over the place. I mean, at, at one point I started like making a list and thinking it would be fun to like play with them, but they're just so many. It's not even interesting. Um, we're constantly referring <laughs> to the senses, um, as part of the way that we communicate. It's, it's, it's ubiquitous. What do you feel like this did for you personally? It just woke me up. I feel so much more engaged with the world um, and with other people um, and with myself. Uh, it just, it, it just, and it, you know, in an energized way, I feel like a lot of things when you think about what you could do to be happier, it feels kind of abstract. I feel kind of like a lot of work. Like I wrote a whole book about habits better than before. And I'm a, I'm a huge believer in habits. I love habits, um, but they can feel um, like work, you know, to like install a new mm -hmm. habit in your life. What I love about the five senses is like, it feels so playful. It feels so fun. It's often like, it's just a very joyful way and yet it's very effective. And so, um, uh, like for, for instance, like a really fun thing to do is the five senses portrait. And so you do a portrait of a person or a place or an experience, um, a pet, um, anything you want to hang on to the memory of. And you just write down like the way I did it was I would write down five, five notable or favorite memories for each of the five senses related. So like I did one for my husband. So it was five sights, you know, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching related yeah. to my husband. And what I love about it is like, it's very easy that, to execute actually. on this, you know, because sometimes when you're doing a creative thing, your reach exceeds your grasp and like you have a vision, but you kind of can't really carry it out. And it can be really frustrating. This is like, it's very easy to execute it because you're just writing down like a sentence or even less, but there's so much creativity and memory and, and like, crystallization like what are the five most important seeing memories and associations you have of a person it's it's it, it takes a lot of effort and but then when you've created it it feels very exciting a lot of people have said to me that they now um again the listeners of the happier podcast have said that they will give these as gifts because it really shows somebody like i'm really mm. you've made a big impression on me and this is what i or they will do it for someone who's died as a way to hang on and preserve like mm. there's like very, very concrete memories that you, you feel like you'll never forget, but you think, well, maybe I, maybe I would forget. Um, so I want to hang on to that. So, um, I, well, and it's, it's interesting to think about what other people notice about us that we often don't notice about ourselves, right? Like what are they attending to? Yes. Not again, dissimilar to therapy. Sometimes people will say something like, last week when you said, or the most powerful thing that you've ever said to me. And you're like, oh my God, I remember that moment. Like it was the greatest intervention I ever made. And then they tell you something and you're like, wait, that was the thing <laughs> that yeah. really resonated with you. Right. It's like, and I think it sounds like that's similar to what you're talking about in terms of how people are bathing in their senses or their experiences. It's like what we assume is the way we're impacting someone or how they're seeing us or feeling us or experiencing us or listening to us is so different perhaps often than, than they are experiencing it. 
Well, it's funny because my daughter, Eleanor, um, did a five senses portrait of me. And exactly as you say, she said that one of the, the one of her hearing um, associations for me is me walking around the house, talking excitedly to my sister. Um, and which is, which is very typical of me, but I, I, I didn't really think about the fact that she was listen, you know, she was on the other side of that, of me, like talking excitedly to my sister. So it was just very funny. Um, yeah. So I think it does, it, it makes you feel very recognized, um, uh, to do that. Um, so yeah, so it's fun to get, it's fun to give. Um, and then like you were saying that you go, like you have a special place where you go in the summer, like it could be fun as a family. Like what was this summer? what was what was our time here this summer and kind of kind of like mm. you know highlights and lowlights or but just like it, it, it's it's somehow when you think about it through the five senses um like i i'm from kansas city and anytime i go back to kansas city i always have winsteads which is like a diner we always have winsteads and so um you know mm. anytime anybody in my extended family talks about kansas city we always talk about winsteads it's such a specific sense memory for us and it really is something that binds us together. And it's it's uh, it's like an inside joke in a way. It's an inside inside sensation. Well, and then within each experience is usually the senses that accompany each of those experiences. Absolutely. Yes. Is there, what, how long ago did you finish writing the book? Oh my gosh. Time has lost all meaning. I don't know. Um, I and know. it's also kind I of know. hard to say because you, you write the end, but then you do massive edits and then um you know then there's all the how, how long ago did you finish i guess the like all the all the research and all these sort of activities that you did for the book a couple years ago yeah I, yeah yeah I, I i would have to like sit down and do the math no no that it doesn't have to be that specific that precise what did the practices look like for you now oh i do just about everything still yeah um i mean because like i still go to the metropolitan museum every day of course i feel so fortunate that i live within walking distance of the met and i have the time and the freedom to visit but i just love going so much that i that i still go every day and and to me and i think a lot of, to my surprise a lot of people feel this way there's a special power to doing something every single day. You really experience it differently when you experience it that way. So I really love experiencing them at that way. Um, so that's probably the like the most major thing that I do. But even just, you know, walking down the street, I know that I will stop and uh, like, at the, at the, I live in New York City, as I said, and on the corner of my street is a flower shop where right. they have a lot of orchids in the window. And it was during the book that I writing it that I realized like really how extraordinarily beautiful orchids are. I mean, just beyond. And one of my favorite color combinations in the world is Japanese kimono. The color combinations, even the words that they use to describe the color combinations are just breathtaking. And that's what orchids remind me of is like the colors that you would see um, in a kimono. And um, I mean, I'll just stand there and look at them. Um, whereas before I would never have even noticed that they were there. Or if I did notice them, I'd be like, oh, that's pretty. And I'd just walk on. But now I've really learned like stop and really look. Oh, they're not all the same. Some are deep purple. Some are chartreuse. Some are like have, you know, like what's what color are the leaves? I just am much more aware of that. Or I'll stop in front of a toy shop and look at all the toys. You know, it's just like I love looking at stuff like that. Um, so I feel lucky that I'm in New York City. I love window shopping. Right, right, right. I mean, it's really brought you a lot more presence. Yes, yes, yeah. In yes, that way. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. 
how can we, I, I loved this quote at the end of the book. It's easier to feel transformed than to be transformed. That resonated with me. How can we allow ourselves to be transformed? Well, for me, it had to be about consistent practice. So I think you asked, you know, a really important question, which is like, what do you still do? And that's really important. Um, And I was very concerned that once I was no longer writing a book about it, all this would sort of float away from me and I would be stuck back in my head because that's just my natural state. So one thing I do is I keep a five senses journal. Um, And I actually like now like have a five senses, like an official thing that I created. Um, but when I was, but I also just did it in a notebook um, where uh, I just for every day write seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, and I write down one notable uh, memory related to that sense. And it doesn't have to be like the best, it just has to be something that stands out. So if I'm walking down the street and I smell movie popcorn, I might mm-hmm. write movie popcorn because that is, you know, what a distinct smell movie popcorn is. Um, and I find that by doing mm-hmm. that every day, it helps me just keep that uppermost in my mind. Like, what am I seeing? What am I smelling? What am I tasting, touching, hearing? Because I I, I do worry that if I didn't do that consistently, um, it might just start slipping away from me again. And I want to hang on to everything that I've learned through writing this book. Mm-hmm. How did you, it affect your family as well? Because they were pretty involved in the process too. Yes, they are definitely the innocent bystanders in all of my in all of my projects. You know, <laughs> they say that research is me search, and I definitely uh, every every kind of intellectual uh, endeavor I take, I turn it into a personal project, so they get pulled in. Um, they really loved it. I mean, it was at the beginning, especially my daughters, they were always like a little bit like, what's this going to be? But then by the end, they were like, come running whenever I said I've got something to try because it was always so fun. Um, we made a non-Newtonian fluid out of cornstarch. Um, we did this thing with uh, jelly beans. I mean, I had all kinds of fun little fun little things I tried. Um, but it really did help us. It, it helped me grow closer to each of them just because I, I just I was probably because I was just a much better listener and just much more attentive mm. um, uh, to them um, in every way. Another thing is using touch when you have a difficult conversation. Like I've learned that when someone's really upset, you know, like if it's appropriate, you know, really hold their hand, have your knee touch their knee, put your hand on their back. Um, my daughter recently went through like a big friend conflict and I was just like, you know, just holding her hand and just kind of like, you know, just making sure that I kept that physical contact because it really does warrant, create such a more tender and attentive atmosphere. Good if you're, if you're having a difficult, like you're wanting to yell at someone because you're irked or angry. It's a lot, it's a lot easier to stay calm when you're touching somebody I found. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and each sense, I think when they work in that way, heightens in some way, like it shows you touching her shows that you're listening, that you hear her. Yes, that's exactly right. Yes, they all um, amplify each other. Right, right. And even as you're talking, I'm thinking about the words hearing versus listening, like looking versus seeing. Yep. And how there's like a shift that happens when you're really attentive to it, that you're not just hearing, you're actually listening. You're not just like looking, you're actually seeing Mm -hmm. what is happening in these, in these precious moments of life. Absolutely. So what would you say are the biggest takeaways for my listener in terms of 
them starting to tap into these senses? I think the biggest thing to remember is there's no right way or wrong way. Um, but there's probably many ways that if you start thinking about it, um, that you could find ways to use your five senses to make yourself happier, healthier, more productive, more creative, and like whatever that would look like for you. And maybe it's by amplifying the, the things that give you pleasure. Maybe it's by looking for the things that drain you or distract you. So for instance, um, you might think about your smartphone and you might say like, okay, well, one way I could use my smartphone to help me remember what's important to me is I'm gonna change my lock screen to the word write to remember that I don't wanna be scrolling, I wanna be writing on my novel, or I'm gonna put a picture of a tree to remind me that I should be going outside. Um, or maybe I'm going to think about uh, turning off notifications because I find that notifications kind of like distract me and make me jumpy. Or maybe I'm going to turn my, my phone to grayscale. So it's in black, white and gray. And so I don't have the it's not as it's not this like enticing, compelling jewel box that's going to grab my attention. But it's just this sort of utilitarian black and white television set that's um, harder to use and less interesting to use. And that's going to help me put my phone down. Um, so there's a lot of ways, um, we can think about our sensory surroundings in a way that are going to like lift us up, um, whether that's by, by lifting us up or just getting rid of the things that are dragging us down. I mean, for instance, Amy, when you're trying to do your most intensive, uh, focused work, what's your, what sensory, what sound surrounding do you want? Do you like silence, busy hum, like a coffee shop, music with words? music without words, song on a loop, which some people want, or white noise like a, fa a fan or running water. What works for you? Silence. I need silence. Yep, me too. But a lot of people, I've heard from many people who are in all of those different categories. And so part of it is just realizing like, yeah. hey, you know what? I really like working where there's a busy hum. And so if I'm going to work on this report, it's not like I need to sit down at my desk. It's like I need to go to a coffee shop. That's actually what's going to work better for me. Or like maybe you're working in an open office and somebody said like, hey, we're thinking about playing music because everybody concentrates better with music. And you could say, hey, you know what? That might be true for you, but that's not the case for me. I really need silence. So we need to figure out a way that we can all get the environment that that helps us to thrive. Um, so part of it is just like think about what works for you and then think about how to bring your surround. Now, we don't have con total control of our surroundings, obviously, but there are often many right. things that we can control or influence that we have not yet bothered to control or influence, at least in my case, I found. Well, one of the things I was saying to you too, I was like, I'm going to save it for the podcast. So I'm glad I remembered is this morning when I was out walking and I have, I purposely now leave my phone because I don't want to be yeah. distracted by anything. Yeah. And I just want to be in the moment in nature. And I was watching my dog mm -hmm. sniff yeah. everywhere. And I was like, what? Is it that he I know that is so enticing I know and and like completely like even if I put my nose to the ground I wouldn't no, smell what they no smells. what they smell I and, I would love to be able to smell what a dog smells yeah and then it's like God it's just so fascinating too that different right every different I think it was in your book I saw elephants you were talking about elephants seeing clouds Pure or clouds. something yeah birds see colors we don't see. Yeah, no, there's there's so much fascinating research about um, uh, how animals have have all these senses that we don't have. Um, it's really extraordinary. Well, and they talked about 
when the tsunami happened yes. that all the animals, you know, fled to higher ground because they sensed, I don't know what sense they were using, but one of them that, that it was coming. No. And it's very interesting because now there's so much, I mean, obviously with things like microscopes and telescopes, we've, we, we push the boundaries of our own natural limits of our senses. Um, but there's all different ways now um, that, that, that there's so much new research being done. Um, and, you know, now, you know, dogs can sniff out cancer, they can sniff uh, falling blood sugar, they can sniff as well as things like bombs and, and uh, you know, drugs. Um, and so right. there's all kinds right. of efforts to think of what are the t technologies. And then there are all sorts of technologies to help people who, who are, who need support with a sense. So like uh, for people who have trouble, have, are visually impaired, there's all kinds of really exciting new technologies to help them navigate the world. Um, so it's, it's really interesting to, to see what's being done. Well, Gretchen, as always, thank you so much for, for one, for this conversation just with me and my listeners, but also for this conversation, another incredible conversation to be having in our lives in terms of just enhancing our, you say happiness, but I think it's just joy, like the joy that it brings to be able to tap into these senses in any way to enrich and enlighten our lives. So thank you so much for your new book, Life in Five Senses, which I am encouraging all of you to go out and get and read and start incorporating because I think it's just another example of how we can live richer, more meaningful lives. So if you could tell everybody where they can mm. find you, if they don't already know where to find you. Um, I'm all over social media as Gretchen Rubin. And I, and if you want to get more information, read articles, get all kinds of like free resources and PDFs, read excerpts of my books, learn more about my books. Um, it's all at GretchenRubin.com, R-U-B-I-N, Rubin.com listen to the happier podcast the pod i do it with my sister elizabeth um uh happier with gretchen rubin and um yeah if you want and i mentioned the quiz the uh what's your neglected sense quiz you can find that on the site too and i love to hear from people uh, with their insights and observations and questions um and resources i feel like the world is my research assistant everybody's sent constantly sending me all these great resources on the subjects that i write about so um hit me up i love to hear from people you have ways for people to start these activities, how to start getting in touch with these senses, which, which is awesome for people who are like, yeah, that sounds great, yeah. but practical, manageable things people can try. Um, and they're really fun too. Um, I think so. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Gretchen, for your time today and for your patience with the technological issues. Well, thank you. I so enjoyed the conversation. I really appreciate it. Me too. Okay. Thank you. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.